0: are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast, Engaging and exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to Radiant Culture. This is your host, Cookie Monster. And today I'm joined by two lovely people. Um, we have in the building our resident theologian. Who was a that <laughs> Oh, sorry, man. Sorry. But, you know, it is It is what it is.
2: <laughs>
1: it is what it is. How's it going, man?
0: <laughs> I'm well. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. And we have the lovely Dazzle. Dazzle.
2: Yeah. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah. It's been cold. Uh, as you can tell from my voice, I've been afflicted. <laughs> By the winter affliction
1: ah <laughs> uh, the winter affliction Yeah yeah you need to pray you haven't pray. have been praying enough
2: No, <laughs> <So> I'm joking
1: <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about something that is uh, I guess something that is possibly the cornerstone of of our our faith as as Christians and you know something that is that, that I believe is i i mean this this really determines where we stand as as christians in in many ways we're talking about the bible today so um, the bible fact or fiction and we want to touch on uh you know this this book that we call the bible this holy book we call it the holy book right is it actually holy uh what about this book makes it different from all other books Mm. and you know it's been believed by christians for many 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 centuries but there's been a lot of um contention there's been a lot a lot of um counter arguments and just you know it, it, not everyone has accepted the bible uh as absolute truth so today we want to talk about that that what is it about the bible that makes it the holy book and um how do we arrive to where we are now where you know we believe in the bible 2000 odd years later and it still holds true and you know that that's the document that the church uh bases everything that it does on so yeah that's what we want to talk about so i guess we can we can start and uh the bible guys Mm -hmm. the bible
2: (laughs) the b word the b word (laughs)
1: The um, good book. The good book. Why do we call it the good book? Is it really the good book?
2: Theo, <laughs> <laughs> that
0: that is the question of the hour. Now, I think. Look, uh, when I saw this topic, I, I was excited uh, and daunted at the same time because it's it's just critically important. It's difficult to overstate that's how important being able to uh, you know arrive at the conclusion that the Bible is what uh, the Bible says it is. You know. It is accurate It is infallible All these things Yeah Because if it's none of those things We have nothing to stand on We don't have a faith Yeah At all So it's so important That those people That say that We've staked our lives on this um, Are able to stake it on something That will prove to be sure and true And it's been called a good book Because uh, over many years There have been uh, Attempts of course To uh, have a look And to Put the Bible in the dark And say okay Are you what Everyone says you are Yeah uh, just like anything that is put in the dock, you need to give it a chance to testify. You know, if you're going to be arrested and put in the, in the dock, you have to say something for yourself. And yeah. so you have to ask the Bible, what do you have to say for yourself? Mm-hmm. And the Bible itself, you know, it says, I am infallible, I am true. You know, and the first scripture you'll find that I'll use here is uh, a very popular one, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, talks about how every scripture is God breathed. Yeah. So it's saying that every time you read the Bible, you're reading something that God said. And it is profitable for teaching, you know, correcting, rebuking, and training up in righteousness. And mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's another scripture as well in Second uh, Timothy chapter one, verse twenty to twenty-one. It says that uh, no prophecy of Scripture ever emanated from the spirit of a man, yeah. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this is what the Bible is saying about itself already. Yeah. Um, and so once someone has given their evidence, you have to cross-examine. Prosecutor, come in, cross-examine <laughs> this thing. Okay, you said this, but we don't have to believe you because you said it. You know, even yeah. Jesus said himself that, you know, even if I testify by myself, or the, the scribe said to Jesus, you know, you're testifying of yourself, you know, so your testimony is not valid Yeah. because you're the only one who's saying it. So it's a, it was important in Jewish times, and it's important even in our time, to be able to interrogate and say, okay, we've heard the testimony of Scripture, but what exactly uh, can we cross-examine the Scripture uh, and find out
2: But how would you do? How would you do that? Like say, the average Joe like myself, I don't have access to the finer details of the Bible, and and you know, we I've sort of grown up in this environment of asking questions and Mm -hmm. wondering. Look, I'm an I'm an African person, yeah, and there's absolutely no way for me to go and find this information aside from the fact that I've already been told I'm colonized and I've been. (laughs) <laughs> I've been given this ideology, made to believe it, yeah. over what has traditionally been uh, what I'm meant to follow. So how do, we, how do we search for that credibility? How do we know that it's, it's, it's great. there?
0: That's, that's a very good question. And, you know, like um, with any other book, because the Bible is a collection of uh, stories of different genres,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you take away the aspect of inspiration We say thank you Bible for telling us who you are But now we want to cross examine And we're going to treat you like any other book Any right. other literary work uh-huh. we, we examine it and we see that it's a book full of many genres There's history, there's uh, instruction in the Lord, There's uh, poetry and uh, the songs of Solomon of love and so on And There's wisdom that has been given in there There's the prophets, mm-hmm. there's uh, the gospels And we've got the letters uh, you know, of the apostles And uh, within those genres, you also have people that have written them, uh, the authors behind each and every one of those books, there's different kinds of authors there, quite a number of them, over centuries the book has been written and compiled. So we're just going to look at that and say, okay, if this is the case, we're going to have to give you the history test. How do you stack up against other texts uh, over history? Because if you're recording history, if you're accurate, and you're coming from God, and God is supposed to be truthful. Then we expect that the things that you're saying will stack up against what everyone else has said about certain historical events, and that's exactly what the Bible does. When you look at certain, uh, you know, examples of uh, the things that it captures in history, for example, the uh, battle that took place, or the battles, the running battles that uh, the Moabites had uh, with the Israelites in the time of Elisha, uh, there was a stone that was found. It's called the Moabite Stone. And on it, this guy who's called King Mesha is celebrating a victory that he had over the Israelites. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's during a time, or if you go back, go to the Bible, it is found in that time of Second Kings chapter 3, there were those running battles. Of course, the Bible gives the perspective of when the Israelites were winning, and then Mesha, of course, is giving the perspective of when he was winning some mm-hmm. battles. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is that uh, the events that are in, you know, recorded in history are also found in the Bible. A guy called Josephus mm-hmm. uh, was uh, a he wasn't he was Jewish. He wasn't a Christian. He was a first-century historian, yep. and he records uh, a statement. It talks about how Jesus was a wise man and a righteous man, uh, and he did he taught a lot and he did all these signs and wonders, and uh, he was given up by the leaders of our people, as in the Jews, uh, to Pontius Pilate, and was crucified. And then uh, some of his disciples are now reporting that he has been raised from the dead. Of course, there are disputes around, because there are other, one, other guys who kind of embellished the statement, Christians, to make it sound like he said, and he rose on the third day. He did not say that. He couldn't have said that. If he had said that, he would have been a believer. But what he did say was that there were guys who were reporting that this Jesus rose on the third day. Yeah. So that's the take of somebody else who's not a, who's not one of the authors of scripture. He's just a, a, a contemporary of the time. Uh, and he's Capturing events that are actually captured in the scriptures. So, from a historical point of view, we find that the scriptures are, uh, you know, giving us history that is reliable and can be, uh, you know, examined and tested against other sources and found to be true.
1: I think one of the most important um, things that you brought up there is that we we cannot study the Bible accurately without looking at its historical authenticity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is that. Um, the things that are recorded in the Bible are, in many ways, history, yeah. right? It's telling us of events that occurred. Yeah. And so one of the questions we have to ask is, are these really true, mm-hmm. right? D- d- did these things happen? Did these yeah. people exist? Yeah. Did, these, did these places actually exist? Yes. And, you know, the, the one question that maybe we can even begin to address now, and we kind of have started, but is is what they wrote then what we have now? right because you you touched on a lot of things that i think are important Uh things like um there's other sources Mm -hmm. that are non-christian sources that um confirm the fact that jesus did exist that confirm the fact that certain events took place which means that these things are not being taken out of thin air right um but then further to that we then have to ask the question that yes okay these things happened Mm -hmm. but now we have this book which is a collection of i think 66 books right in total 27 new testament and the the other yeah the other balance i've forgotten my math (laughs) (laughs) so um but everything that's written in there right time has elapsed it's been years it's been centuries Hmm? right how do we know that what was written during that time is what we have today
0: okay so now we come uh, down to the evidence from an archaeological point of view. Uh, and under, uh, under this one I'll include the manuscripts as well, uh, although I'd like to have touched on the, those separately, but I'll just kind of handle them together. Now, uh, there have been various archaeologists, and uh, for those who say that we don't know where to find this, you can go on the internet and say, just type in uh, archaeological findings that are linked to the Bible, and you'll find quite a, lo- a load of uh, results for you that you can uh, you know, read at your leisure. Uh, But basically, there have been, uh, you know, like, when the cities that were there before, they're no longer there, right? Maybe because of war or some natural disasters or something like that. Um, Some of the cities don't exist because of wars or just the natural disasters or just the passage of time. Uh, And so guys have done some excavations around the uh, geographical sites that the Bible speaks of. And they've made some very interesting discoveries over the years. Uh, just last year, there were ten discoveries made uh, when these guys did these excavations of various uh, in import, you know, uh, and it's very really, with the time we have, I can't go through all of them. yeah uh, but one of the ones I want to speak about is the most famous and the most recognized, I guess is uh, the one of finding of the dead Sea Scrolls. And It was just a young guy, a boy who was you know just taking his sheep out and he stumbled upon this cave, and there was this uh, earthen pot from back in the day that has scrolls in it, 200 scrolls mm-hmm. uh, that re- recorded uh, the history that we had. So that was 1947, and the Bible had already started being translated in English. that had been there for about 300 years already. Yeah. Um, and the history and uh, the narrative and everything that was uh, recorded in the scrolls was extremely close to what was already there, that had been there for 300 years. Um, So that's one. And also, if you look at the number of the manuscripts that are available, especially of the New Testament, there's over 5,000 manuscripts, which
1: if I want to compare to... 5,824, to be precise.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Precision is good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Max is back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Precision is good. I had 5,795, but... Clearly, you've got uh, the number where some uh, 29-odd manuscripts were found afterwards, Okay, which is great. Um, And so uh, 5,824. The closest of any kind of um, publication that has the same age, if you like, is uh, Homer's uh, Iliad, which was written about 800 uh, BC. And it has... 1,750 copies or manuscripts available. But what's also fascinating is to find that uh, when you look at uh, that uh, book by Iliad, the um, time, the gap between the original writing in 800 BC and the first known manuscript is 400 years. Because 800 BC and then 400 uh, BC was the first copy that you yeah. find. Which, when you compare with the scriptures, the original New Testament scrolls or writings were done, and then the earliest manuscripts, that's just 40 years, which is just one generation away. And that's significant because the longer the period, the less reliable uh, the copies are going to be, and the shorter the period, you know, vice versa. So the Bible has got the shortest uh, period between the original and the first manuscripts being uh, produced. Of any of those, uh, and, you know, in there, there's other things, works by Plato and guys like... um, uh, Caesar and uh, these are the philosophers uh, of that time. None has that gap shorter than the Bible. Yeah. So the Bible is the most reliable of them. All of those have maybe 200 uh, copies for one another 250. And when you look at the Bible, it's 5,700, and oh, so 5,824, to use your more accurate number, <laughs> which is actually more than all those other publications and the yeah. copies combined. Yeah. So when you're looking for material. You can say, okay, we've got 5,824. Let's examine them and see whether they stack up to our scrutiny. And uh, you'll be very pleased to know if you're a Christian that uh, some have put it at uh, 99%. Most yeah. say 99% of what's in the New Testament is accurate. Someone has gone to the extent of saying 99.4%. Yeah. And the differences are differences to do with uh punctuation and text and so on. That do not uh, contradict what uh, the major doctrines of the Bible, um, and uh, definitely do not, uh, you know, um, make us lose anything in terms of what we would need to understand uh, of what God had to communicate to us. So I don't know if that's helpful. In very helpful.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, just quite helpful. Um, so I just now that we've talked about like the factual kind of basis of there's more. Of <laughs> anyway, the legitimacy of yeah. the Bible. <laughs> I I think let's let's talk a bit about relevance. Okay. Because then we 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 were talking about how um what was written in the past is mm-hmm. how it's affecting now. So yeah. my question to you is in terms of relevance. Uh-huh. Is the Bible relevant? Is wow. the Bible still relevant?
0: Wow. That's yeah. you see, that's that's one of those questions that you know a lot of people who criticize the Bible will always look back to the fact that it was written so long ago. Um, but the relevance of the Bible is found, and this is where the faith uh, with regard to inspiration comes in, is in the character of the writer, mm-hmm. the ultimate writer who is God. Uh, he says of himself, he sees the end from the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, I am the Alpha and I'm, a, and I'm the Omega. Omega. I'm the first and the last, so if I say something to you about a certain principle, a given instruction, having seen the beginning from the end, I know that whatever instruction I give you will be good will be valid for the rest of eternity uh and so that's how uh in terms of relevance, I would respond to that is that in the inspiration of scripture by the person that scripture says inspired you know the Bible. Is a person who is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. So, <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, so if he's up to date, uh-huh. and he has spoken in the past and says this is a word that is going to be, you know, you know, the Bible says of itself that uh, the word is fixed in the heavens and will not change. Uh-huh. He has seen uh-huh. through all the circumstances that can happen, and every circumstance that word is relevant. Um, and also, again, I have to refer to the Bible uh to give you uh you know uh, the basis of why it will always be relevant it says in one place in Ecclesiastes what has been before shall be again life is a life of cycles so you know if you thought that uh you know genes that are ripped were were out for a season they're back you know <laughs> nothing really is new you know everything that's, you know, that that you see has been before to you know to to, to an extent and human nature and all these things the 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 basis of what human nature is like. Of course, times will change, but the nature of man—that he is a sinner, that he is given uh, has a proclivity to evil—has been seen throughout the generations. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know if that uh, you know works in in regards to the relevance aspect to say that because God has seen the end from the beginning. He's able to give words that are relevant for eternity.
1: Maybe let me um, let me add something. To oh that, yeah, if you could clarify to, to oh, that, yes, that yeah. question. Yeah. Um, I like the way you've answered it. Mm-hmm. Um, but another angle that, uh, and these are questions I've had as well. You mm-hmm. know, I've been asked these questions. Uh, the Bible was written within a specific context, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. written within a, a Middle Eastern context. The characters that are in the Bible, um, the the setting mm-hmm. is all kind of Middle Eastern, right? Mm-hmm. And we are here now. We are living in Africa. Yeah. Right. So one of the questions uh, that I remember being asked this by, by, by some, some friends was, but how do I believe something that was mm-hmm. written by some dudes from the Middle East? Uh-huh. Right. How is it relevant to me? The culture is different. Uh, the, the belief systems mm-hmm. are, are different. Mm-hmm. Further to that, one of the questions was, but why did God have to choose that particular setting right to to reveal himself i guess Mm -hmm. and as an african why should i believe that Uh yes so i'm just adding that to the relevance question all right yeah
0: no no great i i I guess the issue will always revolve around inspiration yeah um the question to say why you know uh, god used these other people from the middle east is to say maybe that, or is to imply that they wrote this themselves and their culture influenced them, which is one of yeah. the biggest criticisms and uh, reasons that are used by atheists and all those people, even Christians who are, exactly. who are questioning mm-hmm. the authority of the Bible. And to miss what we believe inspiration means. Inspiration means that by the influence and power and the, you know, and the enabling of the Spirit, these people were able to write over centuries, mm-hmm. uh, faithfully record the heart and the mind of what god wanted to say so that whatever we read is what god has said Mm -hmm. Uh, and not what for example paul is is saying not for example what uh samuel was thinking it is what god wanted to communicate to the people and therefore when we have the words of god the words of the bible we have the words of god spoken to us Uh, and then if you look at you ask why in that uh time why to those people in particular It has to do with, again, we have to go back to the Bible to understand some of these things about the sovereignty of God. It is God's choice. God has chosen. The Bible says about how Jesus was uh, born at the appointed time. Uh What appointed time? Why did you choose that time? You could ask anything about God and say, why did you even create the world? Why did you do this? It is his sovereign will, sovereign plan. He hasn't put in the Bible the reason that he chose uh, to reveal himself in the way that he did and to the people that he chose to do. But we do know that whoever received the revelation did not do so because they were following their own heart. Mm-hmm. But as I, uh, I've already mentioned, that scripture that says that all prophecy of scripture came through uh, as man was carried along by the Holy Spirit. Hmm.
2: Okay, so that being said, mm-hmm. um, so to bring it back again to... And the... if
0: I could... Oh. Uh, sorry. I don't <laughs> know. I just... There's a scripture in Acts 17, verse 26, that says that uh, from one man he made all the nations of men. Mm -hmm. So you could be in Africa, you could be uh, in Asia, you could be in Latin America. Mm -hmm. We all descend from the same man, Adam. Uh, And therefore, even though we are different cultures and so on, the very basic element of who we are is found in Adam. We all share uh, something very uh, basic and elemental, uh, across all cultures, mm-hmm. uh, across all races. Um, and that in itself is being in the image, the Bible talks about the image of uh, of of the earthly man, yeah. which is Adam. Um, and being in that image, there's a need for a saviour because it's a propensity to rebel against God. And when we have a saviour, we then have the same propensity and capacity, having received a saviour and the gift that he gives to become like him, which is the heavenly Adam. So it doesn't matter where you are, yeah. uh, as long as you're human, you're made in His image, and but you also have a fallen nature in you, uh, and that has to be addressed by uh, a savior, who is Jesus, and that's what the Bible, you know, uh, tells us in uh, quite that yeah, in many different ways, yeah. gives us that solution. And I don't know if that helps to say for whoever says I'm an African and this has nothing to do with me, you no, know, it has everything to do with you because of what <laughs> mm-hmm. um, your your origins are. Thank
2: you, Dad. I I like that and yes i'm i'm answered um um, so what i wanted to ask like in terms of nowadays Mm -hmm. is that the um, the stories that are captured in the bible Mm -hmm. um like the details of those are very very different from the kinds of things that we have to go through now and so my question is how do you bringing it back to relevance is that Mm -hmm. you know sometimes I don't have a Goliath that I I can I'm dealing with. Yeah. So we speak sort of figuratively, yes. uh, quoting from the Bible. But how do we how do we bring it into the context that we're in now? Because okay. the kinds of things, yes, nothing is new under the sun, but there's there's a newness to it because even though the ripped jeans come back. Yeah. maybe the first ones were just a simple line across yeah but now you have maybe 10 lines and then you have some who just show their thigh or their knee yeah and that is classified as a ripped gene yeah so that's kind of distressed <laughs> <laughs> i see okay, so, okay. we're just, we're just been twice removed yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh-huh. um, so how do I always ask this question, how we marry our faith to the reality that we're living in now. Okay. Because I have faith that what is in the Bible happened, but how do I link it to my everyday life that's happening through my smartphone or that's happening through the driving that I do daily? How Mm -hmm. do I... Okay, so I think
0: firstly is to, and then come back to that scripture again, I I usually like to give different scriptures, but today it just feels like the the, the scriptures seem to be relevant for each and every one of the cases that we're raising, Mm -hmm. is when the Bible says that uh, every scripture is god breathed and uh, is profitable for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training up in righteousness so that the man of God is thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, That means that uh, you have in the Bible just about everything you need to be able to get on in life. Now, the aspect of then applying what the Bible says to everyday situations is an issue of uh, interpretation and understanding. And this is where the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us to understand what the Bible uh, says. Uh, Jesus said that he will guide us into all truth. So he will take the words of Scripture and apply them to our lives. Um, I was uh, sharing some time ago, or preaching some other time, about uh, these two verses of Scripture. Um in proverbs 26 one is verse 4 and the other one is verse 5 and verse 4 says uh do not answer a fool according to his folly lest you be like him himself uh, mm-hmm. and then verse 5 says answer the fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own eyes so those scriptures are right one after the other <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh-huh. you
0: know and you're thinking so you're reading that in uh-huh. your daily reading you know daily devotional so what do i do when i meet a fool on the road is cut me off Am I, going to, am, am, am I going to not deal with him according to his folly, or am I going to answer him according to his folly? Unless, you know, what do I do now? You know, I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. And, and, and that scripture shows that the Bible is not supposed to be this manual, the formulaic thing that you carry around with you. And mm-hmm. you know, every time you're in a situation, you're open. Okay, hey, hang on. I can't talk to you right now. I need <laughs> to go and find what the book, the good book says. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, yeah. find The good book. Uh, stuck. Stuck. Uh, Answer you or not. I'm not sure. Just give me a second. Okay, what do I do? Give me a bond coin. I'll flip it. Verse 4, if it's heads. Verse 5, if it's tails. You know what I mean? It's not supposed to be like that. But the Holy Spirit comes in and says, okay, this is a time when you don't answer the fool. Just be quiet and go on your way. And the Holy Spirit says, mm, this time you have to speak to this guy and respond to them lest they be wise in their own eyes. Yeah. So the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us as a gift, comes along to give us the meaning of what he inspired anyway, and to say this is where it applies. Uh, And even with the Goliath situation, You'll find even in your own experiences, as you're reading the Bible, and I know some of, the, uh, some of the listeners will testify to this, that sometimes a story, you'll read it and it will seem to jump off the page. I don't know if you've ever had those experiences yeah. or heard people say things like that. And say, so just, uh, you know, to, I've read this a thousand times, but just today it had this freshness to it. It just had this you know, uh, this uh, flavor and you know, I just couldn't get out of it. You know? And I've been there for days and so on and so forth. That's the Holy Spirit working to give interpretation and understanding. Uh, to how the scripture applies to us. And of course, make use of teachers who have been given the gift to take what's in the scriptures and apply it to the lives of people and help people to understand how truth can be lived out in their day-to-day situations. Cool.
1: I want to take it back a bit to the um, uh, historical side of things, which is, you know, one of the objections that uh, many people who don't believe in the Bible have is well, uh, there are many books that have been left out of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's there, been stories about things like the book of Judas. Yeah. And, you know, ma- many other things that are mentioned yeah. that were found later. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the objections that people often often have is I actually met an, an atheist mm-hmm. when I was traveling. I don't remember where I was. And it was, a, it was a white lady on a train. I, I was in the States yeah. on a train. We started talking about the Bible and she was like a philosopher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, but the Bible is not really true because there are many books that have been left out, which means that the what you have right now is doctored, basically. Okay. So the people who came together decided that this is what was going to be true. And then that's what they've been pushing. Okay, What about all these other things that were left out? you know that that sort of thing There have been those kinds of objections through through the years yeah and even even today you know those those things are still there mm-hmm. so i don't know what what would you say about that because maybe that's a question that someone out there has you know that
0: that's that's a that's a very look i don't want to to trivialize that kind of uh, objection because it's a very good objection yeah. to uh, to have um what i find especially in most situations not all <clears throat> people who have Objections to scripture will have people that they listen to. And uh, they won't have studied everything for themselves. Mm-hmm. There will be some guru in their field of belief who says, I know the Bible is not Like because. a Richard Dawkins. Exactly, yeah, someone like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so they haven't done the, the, the research and study for themselves. So they'll pick up a fragment of the truth. Yes, there's some books of the Bible that were left out. But then, is that the whole truth? there's a reason that they were left out. Yeah. and Some of them uh, will, will differ depending on the books that you're looking at. Now, there's a whole section called the Apocrypha, which the Catholic Church uh, believes is part of inspired scripture, mm-hmm. about 10 books or so, yeah. um, that those that are called Protestants will not you know, admit into the canon of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason has to do basically with uh, some issues to do with what I've, we've just talked about, the, the historicity and uh, the accuracy of the manuscripts some of the manuscripts were, were pretty recent so if, if you look at the apocrypha for example those are written in the intertestamental time mm-hmm. if i can. <laughs> that's a, not a very good word but that's between the writings of the old and the new testament and mm-hmm. then there was a whole smattering of those books written out in that time yeah uh so in terms of when they were written there was you know there's that question mark already and then in terms of the number of manuscripts available of those they're not as many as the most reliable ones. Yeah. Um. And also, if you look at uh, some of the details that are in those books, from a chronological point of view, some of them have errors chronologically. Some of them have errors geographically uh, in naming locations and where things happened. Yeah. Uh, so it shows that some of those texts are not faithfully, uh, you know, copied out or carried out. But how they have been received by scholars and theologians, because you find some scholars and theologians who do not accept them as part of. Uh, the kind of scripture, but you hear them quote Maccabees or second Solomon, whatever, is if they've been accepted as a source of history, a historical source, uh, traditions that were passed down the Maccabees and the war that they fought and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so as a source of historical information, it's, it's okay. You can, you know, you pick and choose and you can kind of say, okay, I want to learn a bit more, but none of those books, firstly, uh, contradicts oh sorry or their exclusion doesn't uh contradict or does, doesn't leave us with less of what we need to understand about who God is right. it doesn't enhance our know uh, our knowledge of God uh-huh. that's the first thing the second thing is none of those uh books of the Bible that are in the Apocrypha have been quoted by some of the in the New Testament writers the Paul yeah. Jude Jesus himself none of that was ever quoted uh by you know any one of them so again, in terms of a source mm-hmm. that, you know, even the guys who were living in that time that were written or recorded in the Bible, uh, they didn't even refer to those as well. So they are not necessary as an addition to, for us to understand who God is. They have their flaws that mm-hmm. uh, because we're looking, remember the Bible, if we're just looking at it as, as a book, if you're going to, any book that you're going to put together you want it to be a reliable record, and you've got different sources, of course you're going to make sure that the sources that you're going to pick from will uh, will meet certain requirements, certain criteria for reliability. So if you've got one that's a bit flaky, you know, you are going to say, well, uh, yeah, it's one of the sources, but we don't want to admit any uncertainty yeah. better safe than sorry, sorry. Yeah. because even if you understand how the manuscripts were prepared and the, how taxing how people devoted their whole lives to actually uh, producing some of those yeah. uh, you will understand that it's so important to only admit that which is accurate and to leave out anything that may have any questions and shade about who, people who maybe then put in other stuff that wasn't really in the original and so on yeah so that's and, the issue there. And,
1: you know, I keep, I keep touching on this. Sorry, sorry, Dez, No, no, I no. know you want to ask. <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: I keep touching on this because I think it's very important yeah. that um, when, when people hear objections, mm-hmm. right, often we, we, we listen to the objection mm-hmm. because often, you know, it's actually a very well presented objection. Yeah. yeah. But we, we don't really understand what we are addressing. So. Yeah why I personally believe that the understanding the history of the Bible is important is mm-hmm. is that it, it actually helps us appreciate what went into the Bible yeah so I started listening to a guy called I came across a guy I did there's a course that I did several years ago mm-hmm. uh, an apologetics course and mm-hmm. through that I was introduced to a guy called Daniel Wallace mm-hmm. so he his discipline is textual criticism mm-hmm. so when I heard that I thought okay what's this all about yeah but he basically uh, what, what he does is well, it's him and a whole bunch of guys, but what, what they do is that they study the historical authenticity of texts. Yeah. So he's a Christian, so he he focuses on the on, on the Bible. In fact, right yeah. now they're in the process of digitalizing um biblical manuscripts. Yeah. So listening to him, he's brilliant. And mm-hmm. I'd actually recommend him to our listeners. He's br- mm-hmm. because he then presents it from a historical point of view as an expert in the subject that mm-hmm. you, you you can't you've gotta be fair with the evidence. Yes. Right? Yes. So a lot of people who object to the bible uh-huh. when you are not are not giving the same amount of um, attention to other texts yeah. like like yeah. what you mentioned earlier yeah. right yeah. so they're, they're, they're very harsh on the bible <clears throat> yeah but they're not as harsh on things that they're biased towards yeah right so i think it's very important to to have that understanding of where the bible has come from yeah. and also understanding the attention to detail that there were books that were left out yeah for a reason yes right because yes. these were people who, who who were looking for consistency yes who were very very particular about what yeah. they allowed to go into the mm-hmm. into the canon and yeah. hence some things were left out so i think just having that understanding was really mind-blowing for me yeah i um, just thought I would, I would add that too
0: great and you know look this, these are matters of life and death yeah you know literally what someone believes well, if it's the word of god and if, and if we're going to say this is the word of god then we're talking about matters of life and death that determine where someone's eternity is going to be spent. So definitely, people are going to be, uh, you know, overlooking and just superintending that process. Want to make sure that there's consistency and whatever they, you know, has gone out as as God's word, there is consistency, there's accuracy. And also, just to, I mean, just to come back to something that I think you alluded to is that, yes, people are going to be harsh on the on the Bible and not as harsh on some of the stuff that and you know stuff like by Plato this book you know mythology it's all really some of it is entertainment it's not even you know like uh, about how to live your life yeah uh, but you know you start, you see that in Romans chapter one that says that you know uh, man has even though he knows that God is God will look for ways to reject uh, you know what God has said so already the Bible itself is predicting the reaction that we are seeing in this space of people finding all sorts of you know like tenuous you know criticism really, because any scholar who is going to be impartial, not a Christian like Daniel, you know, is it Daniel Wallace, yeah, yeah anyone. Uh, or anyone else, just you're just doing the textual criticism, and you're being faithful to the principles and you're using the methodology and the science, you cannot conclude that the Bible is not correct. In, in the way it has been written yeah. um, in, from a technical point of view. If you're looking at, is it consistent? Does it meet the uh, criteria for a text that is reliable? Yeah. The Bible is the most reliable book. In fact, it stands in its own category. There's no book as reliable yeah. anywhere um, as a Bible. And that's from a scientific point of view, not from a faith point of view.
1: Yeah,
0: Just scientifically looking at the evidence, it's the most reliable text uh, that you can find. But you will find these Objections from people who don't want to submit to what it says. Yeah. That's yeah. very
2: true. I just want to comment on what you were saying um and say, you know what? God has never struggled to move heaven and earth to prove mm-hmm. a point. Yeah. If there was indeed some element of the Bible that needed correction, yeah. I don't think God would have struggled to do that. Yeah. And just to continue on to what you were saying, um, look, just because you don't want to believe something it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's not true true, because the principles are there and the people who live by them continuously testify yeah if this thing had holes in it we would have given up on it by now because we have lightning fast minds that are very eager to get rid of things that don't work if it was really something that can be obsolete then it would be obsolete by now yeah and just to continue on to that um I want to answer a question that I was going to ask. I was going to ask about how come there came a certain point where there weren't any additions because then Uh thought has progressed long after the Bible has been written. So that was going to be my question. But to answer that question, the fact that we are instruments of God and nothing is new under the sun means Mm -hmm. we'll only continue to get deeper revelation of what's already there. There's really no need to create a new school of thought yeah. on the inspiration that is, that has been, and that will be. Yeah, and
0: I think it's I think it's very important. Now that you mention that, it, it makes me think about something that might be helpful. I think sometimes when people have this issue with uh, the reliability of scripture and not everything that has been put in the scripture and so on, people need to understand that the Bible is was never meant to be exhaustive. Uh huh. So that's a big stumbling block for people because they think that the Bible should say absolutely everything, but it's not meant to be exhaustive. Yeah. John said, you know, if I was to write everything that Jesus did, you know, not even, you know, the books that will be written, will not this world will not have enough room yeah. just to store the books. Yeah. And then he says in another, in another place that, uh, you know, Jesus did so many other things besides, but these have been recorded so that you may believe. Yeah. So you see that, uh, and that he was just not echoing only his own uh book that he wrote but just like the whole tenure of scripture the whole tone is to there is a message there is a situation people are in there's a way out of that situation the name of that way out is jesus and this is how you get out of that situation and this is what it looks like to live under his leadership and his lordship do not this do not do that, and you know don't lie to this person. that is the main or that's the overarching uh, message, and everything is going towards a time when everything is going to be perfected, and we're going to live in the perfection of what he is and what he wants, and we will do that willingly and joyfully at a time that is going to come so that's the that's the predominant message and there's not you know you could get you know you could find what, everything else that Jesus did. Uh, maybe some scroll that has details of what miracles Jesus did that John didn't write down. And you could toss them in there, but what has been put down is sufficient. Whatever you put in there is not going to add sufficiently so that uh, someone will say, oh, because that has been added, now I can believe the Bible. Yeah. What we have is sufficient. It's not meant to be exhaustive. It's meant to be useful. Paul said... Um, uh, you know how from infancy, this is the verse just before that one that people love so much, mm-hmm. uh, the Second Timothy 3.16. Verse 15 says, he says to Timothy, you, you know how from infancy you receive the scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So the scriptures are able to make you wise unto receiving the gift that God wants people to With receive. Which scriptures, out of interest, was Paul referring to there? Was he referring to the Old Testament? Beautiful. I like that you have uh, mentioned that uh because he was referring to the old testament but also referring to the letters that were being written by the apostles the apostles were were conscious of writing scripture they're not writing letters and then someone found the letters and said oh let's just put this in in, in, and make it a a part of the bible because when when peter is referring to paul's writings he says uh and he's talking about the life to come and he says that about these things our brother paul has also written Uh which Some of these things are difficult to understand, which the ungodly distort as they do the other scriptures. So when he says the other scriptures, he's basically saying that what Paul is writing is scripture. And these guys are distorting what Paul has written just the way uh, they distort the other scriptures, which is the the law and the prophets and the Psalms and Mm -hmm. everything before. So when when he was talking about those scriptures, he was talking about the letters that were written by the apostles, and also referring to uh, the Old Testament. Because remember, uh, the whole Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Question.
1: Yeah. Um, in fact, I wanted to to, to move on yeah. quickly uh, now to to the believer. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, we've spoken about the Bible. We've spoken about the history of the Bible, and I, I know there's a lot. There's a there's whole so much. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> so we can get to touch out. on and, a few things. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe maybe we'll need to do a series on this. <laughs> on, on this. We'll, we'll speak to the producer, yeah.
2: right? <laughs> because I just think there's so much to
1: cover. Yeah, but yes. um, one of the challenges that's there that I see is that uh, Christians, especially nowadays, tend to struggle mm-hmm. to to defend the bible yeah not many people are able to give a defense like you've just given of the yeah. bible of the history of the bible not many people have this understanding that this is where the bible has come from mm-hmm. you know many people just believe that you know pastor said this is the this is the word of god or mm-hmm. god says it is mm-hmm. word i believe mm-hmm. it in mm-hmm. the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god all mm-hmm. scripture is god breathed and we to so, and we just say this this is what it says right yeah. so it can't be wrong yeah but now when, objections start coming when other people start saying no but this is not true we then struggle yeah so you know my my question now is how can w- what can christians begin to do mm-hmm. to equip themselves more to um prepare themselves to be able to give a, a defense mm-hmm. for for their belief for the bible mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think that's where i want us to take the discussion
0: okay so um it's, I think the first thing is to recognize our responsibility as Christians to contend for the faith. So Philippians, Paul, uh, Paul says, uh, contend together as one man for the gospel. And then Peter says in 1 uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he says, Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts uh-huh. and always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you believe, or yes. the things that you believe. Yeah. So it's an instruction of Scripture, just as uh, as much as do not... 315. Yeah, yeah, 315. You know, do not steal is as much, this is as much a, you know an, an instruction as that. Uh, and as Christians, we, we therefore have, if you come to that in your daily reading, you have to be asking yourself, okay, so what am I doing to prepare myself? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we have fewer and fewer excuses in this uh, information age in which we live, there's just so much information available. Some of the things I've shared with you are not the result of 14 years of laborious study. <laughs> it's just I clicked on a link and it opened up someone else's 14, 15, 50 years of study. Yeah. Um, and I had access to it at the click of a button. You know? Instead of you know, spending all that time on Facebook or Twitter and who said what against who, who's trending and all that kind of nonsense, let's use what we have. To advance the gospel, the, the devil isn't messing around with that. He's using it to put pornography on it and all that kind of stuff, and to advance his darkness and yeah. you know lure people. We can use that same instrument for the glory of God by learning and studying. You have, we have to study. You just have to. You know, it's yeah. not one of yeah. You, you can sit under a teacher, but you can you also go in and you study and find if you have questions, throw it on you know on Google and yeah. see what comes up. And that's how, you know, one of the ways that we can begin to develop this thing of, okay, I want to learn how I can defend uh, my, my my faith and the things that I believe. And also, one of the best ways to do so is to be deeper in the thing that you believe. Uh-huh. So be acquainted with the word. Yes, I've just said that you need all those other, you can get resources and teachers and so on, but there's no substitute to hearing the word of God for yourself. Yeah. And Jesus said, do not worry about the things that you know you'll have to say when you're brought before them. Because the Holy Spirit himself will tell you what to say. If I can give it, I think I don't know if I gave this example earlier. I hope I'm not going on a bit too long. I just really want to, you know, drive this home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're
2: not judging. We're not judging. It's okay. That's all right.
0: That's good, cool. Um there's a time when I was in university, uh in my fourth year and I'd come back to the Lord. And I was just telling some friends of mine about the reality of hell, and they were saying to me, "Hell is just this concept that uh, God came up with just to keep us in line and not, you know, so that we don't misbehave." But hell doesn't exist. And so I'm I'm, I'm debating with these guys, and out of nowhere, I just basically said to them, "I just said to them, you know that the only story in the Bible that refers to real people is a story that talks about hell. It's Lazarus and the rich man. There's no other story like that that Jesus ever told." I never read that, mm-hmm. I never researched it, I never studied it in my life, but I said it. And the, after I said it, I was so shocked. I thought, what if I've lied to these guys? Uh-huh. And then, only actually years later, I heard someone else preach the very same thing that I had said, um, and I hadn't done it through reading and you know, studying, and the Holy Spirit gave me those words. He spoke yeah. through my through my mouth in a moment where I just didn't have enough, he came through. and spoke something that was actually true um and i can't say that they got converted uh, on, on the spot but i was yeah you no. know i was torn out just like wow you know this is real the holy spirit does come through and give us the capacity to make a defense for our faith so also look out for that and just always be depending on the spirit say holy spirit help me to give a defense for my faith you know i'm not capable uh, capable in my own strength yeah. but you help me and speak through me
2: Indeed. Wow, I I really, really like that. I really, really like the fact that you keep referring to the Holy Spirit. Because I think sometimes when we talk Christian, we leave out the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We take our own interpretations and then we kind of try and humanize the gospel and we try and keep it within there. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit leads. And Mm -hmm. if you really believe that he leads, then you will ask more than you just go ahead and do the things that you do. Yeah, you well, will always yeah. be led, and yeah. it's the same with. Um, so I have a. I, I'm not a scholar, but I have a problem. With <laughs> We're this, all scholars with this thing. <laughs> to different degrees, to different degrees. We're all True, scholars. Yeah. True. I, I have a problem with people who feel like they need to like, kind of, Bible bash the lost. Uh-huh. Like for me, I feel like it's it's tactless because okay. the Holy Spirit knows exactly when the word is going to impact someone and the way that it's going to be done yeah. so if we spent less time um trying to to go ahead of god and show him how how marvelous a creation he made us mm-hmm. and we actually pay attention we would know when we're turning people away from the gospel or when we are um like i'm I'm trying to say like we we'll, our efforts will become relevant mm-hmm. so we're not just going to have conference for the sake of conference and we're not going to have Prayer for the sake of prayer, and we're not going to fast for the sake of fasting, but mm-hmm. with wisdom and understanding, we know what we are doing and we're getting the right results. Okay. So, it, we've tried to take the human aspect of Christianity and then we're trying to package that and sell it to the world. And this is why we continue at odds because mm. the world is saying, Listen, you are taking your personality you're taking your own perception and then you're trying to shove it down my throat yeah. to to show me that you are better than i am and that was never the point of the gospel yeah. And so I've gone like in the complete opposite direction of what I wanted to say, but yeah. like um, the fact that you mentioned the Holy Spirit answers mm-hmm. the next question I was going to ask uh, um, about how the early church did without the Bible. Okay. So in a way, in
0: part, I'm... just just partly, I think it's yeah, it's can... it's a uh, it's a good thing. I think I've I've touched on it already
2: mm-hmm.
0: because if you look at the Bible, yeah. what is the Bible, if, especially the New Testament? It's letters to who? The church. To, to, to churches, right? Yeah, yeah. And the letters to the churches were specific to what they were going through. Mm. Maybe if, if you look at Corinthians, these guys had issues, and Paul had to really go hard. You know, you guys have got this guy who's got his mother's, I mean, his father's wife, and whatever, all these kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got Galatians, these guys are going back to the law. You've got Colossians, guys who also are mixing law and grace and so on. Um, and this is how they communicated and this is this was the word of god so paul would say things like um when you're done reading this letter he says this to the colossian church when you're done reading this letter also get the one that went to the laodiceans and have it read in the church so and he said to uh to timothy uh read the letters or or devote yourself to the reading of scripture so there would be readings of the scriptures uh, as well as the teaching of the scriptures in Big gatherings within homes. Um, and that's how they did what the apostles were teaching, was basically what, uh, you know, the, was the Bible to them. Um, and you'd find them saying, I've come to remind you, or I'm going to swing by on my way before I go to Spain. I'm going to visit you guys. And they would give instruction. Uh, and Paul also says in, to the church in Rome, even though I'm not like your apostle, but I'm writing this mm-hmm. recognizing my office as an apostle to the gentiles uh, and giving you instruction that is important to establish you and to safeguard you. So that was the main way that they uh, went about with the, in terms of instruction, uh, in terms of what was their Bible. And then there were these copies as I've already said about uh, around about 40 years after the originals, copies started to go out because people began, you know, became more literal, in their, more people were were, were educated uh-huh. Also, I have to understand that many of the people there were not educated. Okay. But, you know, when the Romans colonized and everything, they brought this whole thing about reading and study is, and, uh-huh. yeah. So a lot of people got into that, started to read, how to learn. And so there was more demand for uh, those kind of materials to study for yourself. But when you're not, you know, a person who's educated, oral learning is your main way of doing things
1: we do need to draw to a close now and i know we've got a lot to discuss so uh we'll we'll see we'll see when we can where we can carry on but i think we'll end it here for now maybe um some closing yeah remarks from from the both of you
0: i think just to pick up what you said there um about the bible uh allowing it to come under scrutiny um not only does it allow itself to come under scrutiny but the honesty of the scriptures to say you know this portion uh, other manuscripts say this
1: Yeah,
0: this is like actually in the most the earliest manuscripts don't have this story you know and just saying this is the issue here I've got a, th- this is something that you need to be aware of Yeah, something that you won't find even in most people most people want to kind of make it seem like I've got it all together but the Bible is so honest and it will just tell you exactly how things are in the footnotes and so on look This is is another way of interpreting things. This is another, this is a revocalization of the Hebrew. It can sound like this. Yeah. You know, um, and both of them work. And I love that about the scriptures. And also how it captures the honesty of it. I mean, if I cannot imagine David writing in detail, you know, the Bathsheba incident. Yeah. You know, himself, this is what I did. And he writes, I was sitting on the roof when I was supposed to be at war. (laughs) And then I saw this woman, she was bathing, and she was naked. And then I said, can you bring her to my house? And then I slept with her, and then she fell pregnant. And then I tried to cover it up by bringing a husband from the war front to sleep with her, and he wouldn't. So I had him killed. You know, you're not going to do that, but the Bible has all the dirty linen right out there. It's all transparent. The glory with Goliath, but also the flaws. Yeah. And it's so honest and so open like that. And I do not honestly... I know I'm a Christian, and you someone will say you're not you know you're not impartial, but honestly there's nobody else who has had any publication of any kind that comes anywhere close to even remotely trying to do what the Bible does
2: yeah wow um I can truly say that my life is transformed, and this is what this is the very reason why I am part of something like this because we're not just we're not just talking because we love the sounds of our voices but we're trying to impact meaningfully each other's lives mm-hmm. and i wish this is my most sincere wish i wish we could go back to basics mm-hmm. on the bible mm-hmm. because there's so much junk and so many so much red tape that's just engineered to keep us out of the beauty and the and the peace that's available to us freely and like when you think about it, when they say the devil, right, I I know this is a whole other discussion about, oh, Satanism, this and oh, uh, Illuminati and whatever and whatever. Honestly, I think it's a lot simpler than that, because these things are geared for us to pay attention to the bright lights in the mm-hmm. corner and we're missing out on everyday things. So I, I know it's like a, it's a whole other topic that I've just opened there. For like the th- kind of things that we consume but from a long time ago I always felt like we're paying attention to the wrong things mm-hmm. and then we can spend our whole lives fighting and arguing and back and forth and miss it yeah. so you don't even have time to sit down and read your Bible but the point is do you have a Bible I have a and we're, we're like yeah consumed by the chatter and yeah. never get the time to sit down and spend time with God. Yeah. And yeah. so thank you very much for what you said about the poem. I'm definitely going to do that. Wow. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. And I think what what I would just also like to say to our listeners is uh, just echoing what what Kuwaza said, which is that there's also a lot of material out there. You know, I, I think it's important for us to begin to develop the the culture of learning. you that's what you're talking about us being scholars. I think we should all be scholars Mm -hmm. you know i think we should all be willing to to study to to deepen our understanding Mm -hmm. of of the wealth that we have so you know i would recommend lots lots of um authors and and other teachers that i believe are are very objective Mm -hmm. and you know they they, they're just speaking about the bible people like john piper i love john Mm -hmm. piper Mm -hmm. um i love ravi zacharias um there's a guy called Gary Habermas. He mm-hmm. specializes in, in, in the resurrection, just all the historical aspects of the resurrection. Totally outstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and many, many others. I think we should develop a culture of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, people like C.S. Lewis. And just really begin to, to, to become equipped so that we can see through some of the things that are being presented. We can actually see, see that you know, these are, that's just a smoke screen. This is just mm-hmm. an yeah. argument that looks amazing, but it's, it's really nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, we could go on forever. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and I really hope that you take to heart what was said today and um get into the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, from so from us here at Radiant Culture. Mm-hmm. We're out.
2: <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via
1: email on radiant at the hub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless.
0: It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.